ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be continuing our series, 32 Teams in 32 Days, episode number 23. Today's team is the Miami Dolphins. If you missed the previous 22 episodes, I highly suggest you go check those out. We've also covered the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills in this division. And then previously, we went over the NFC and AFC North. NFC, AFC South, and the NFC East Division. Moving along here, if you guys are new to 32 teams in 32 days, let me give you guys a brief rundown on how this series works. I will first go over my three key players that I think are the three key players to the team's success. That will lead us uh, to our first trivia question slash break the podcast. When we come back from that break, I will go over my two key draft picks as well as two key offseason free agent signings. That will then lead us to our second and final trivia question slash break the podcast. And when we come back from that final trivia question slash break, I will go over my three keys for the team's success as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. The first key player I have is Tua Tagovailoa, entering his second NFL season here in the NFL. Last year kind of burst onto the uh, league as a rookie. He was the number five overall pick, I believe, Um, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft and was kind of, you know, shown to be one of the best quarterbacks in the draft last year. A lot of people maybe were thinking he would go number one, um, but he falls to number five, and there's a variety of reasons why. First of all, um, he is injury prone. He was coming off a hip injury, I believe, so there were some question marks there about how healthy he could stay. He did come from an accomplished school, so I don't think his talent was really questioned. I think one of the biggest concerns with Tua is his injuries and uh, honestly is his throwing ability. He is a little bit shorter than I would say most quarterbacks. He is six foot one. Last year, honestly, had a pretty good rookie season. I think a lot of people were kind of giving him bad raps. He had a sixty-one or sixty-four percent completion percentage, eighteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, and five interceptions, which was an eighty-seven point one rating, which is average for the most part. I think that's actually a solid rating, especially for a rookie. I believe Fitzpatrick started the year, and then Tua got the starting role. So. Now that Fitzpatrick's gone, it's Tua's team, and I think that's ultimately what the Dolphins wanted moving down the line, was to build the franchise around Tua Tagovailoa. Tua is a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. You know, when I watched him in college, he was tremendously accurate. He could easily move out of the pocket. He could scramble for big yards. That's not the issue of concern. I mentioned his injuries was an issue of concern. Some people question his ability to throw the football, um, as he's more of a running quarterback in some aspects compared to others. But again, I think a lot of people were giving him bad raps last season, even though he had a solid season, and I expect this year to be better and the years to come to be better. No great college football player really transitions immediately well to the NFL. It's an adjustment, especially when you're a top pick like you know Tua was. Um, you know, There's a lot of pressure on you to be uh, successful, so nerves can be a factor, um, and nerves are a big thing that contribute to a player not being as successful as need be. Um, so I'm expecting a bounce back here for Tua, both in the passing game and rushing game. Expect him to rush for a good amount of yards. Expect Miami, or at least Miami should, uh, incorporate some option plays or more run design plays that focus more on the Tua aspect because they really don't have that great of a backfield. They really want to pass the ball and center their offense around Tua. Um, you'll see teams that are run-focused or pass-focused. The Dolphins are definitely more pass-focused, especially with the running backs and receivers they have. My second key player is Jerome Baker. 
Jerome Baker entering his fourth NFL season. The last two seasons had tremendous years. Last year, I've had seven sacks at the linebacker position, which is actually very good. I've been doing 21 episodes of these, and I don't think I've seen a linebacker really um, jump off the page with a sack total of seven. On top of that, had 112 tackles too. So very great linebacker. I love Jerome Baker as a player just because he's super quick and super fast. I've definitely used him many times in my Madden Ultimate team. Um, team very much so. I had him as my basically my user linebacker because of how fast he is. And I think the game is also kind of transitioning over more to a faster type of players. You're seeing it more in quarterbacks. I mentioned in the last podcast, you know, the Tom Brady's, the Phillip Rivers, uh, those guys are retiring. Whereas the Lamar Jackson's, the Patrick Mahomes, more athletic, more mobile players are becoming in the league. Obviously, speed's a big factor in the NFL. You want to be fast. You want to be Um, you know, speed like tremendously, but that's not the only factor. I think a lot of teams are really just focusing on how fast a player can go. And in all honesty, at positions, I definitely think that's a thing that you should be looking for. Jerome Baker's definitely got that capabilities, but what the teams don't see about Jerome Baker is not only is he fast, but he's great at getting into the backfield, which is, I think, very important for a linebacker. I played linebacker in fourth grade football, so I think I know a thing or two about linebackers. Um, but great uh, run defender, especially great pass defender for the linebacker position that he's at, um, more of an outside linebacker role, gets to the backfield, and the speed definitely helps with that, makes plays and disrupts that backfield to help the Dolphins get back on the field on the offensive side of things. And then Xavier Howard entering his sixth NFL season. Cornerback last year had his career high in interceptions with 10, I think definitely his breakout year. Career high also in tackles with 51, so very good year for Xavier Howard last season. I'm expecting the same thing for the most part this year. Um, You know, you don't really see too many cornerbacks in this day and age hit the 10 interception or double digit interception total. That's pretty hard to do saying that there's only a 16 game season. So that means you're averaging about an interception over every two games, like every one and a half games, which is really good. Again, similar with Jerome Baker at the sacks. I don't remember the last time I saw, you know, a cornerback that I think gets flown way under the radar in Xavier Howard having the stats that he had. And obviously stats speaks volumes. I'm not saying that's the only key for a player's success, but seeing how effective he was on that team and how he helped the Dolphins, which are primarily a defensive team, be successful is definitely very eye-opening to watch. Do I think he'll hit 10 interceptions again this year? No. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to be capable of, but it's very hard to do that in back-to-back seasons, let alone multiple times in your career. I'd expect him to see maybe more of a four to six interception range like he had done previously in 2018 and 2017. Would it be great if he gets 10 more interceptions? Absolutely. The Dolphins are going to be, you know, mad at that. But I think he'll maybe get some better matchups. He didn't really face necessarily the greatest receivers or whatnot. He might get some better matchups. Um, but one of the big things that I like about Xavier Howard is his man coverage defense. His man coverage is phenomenal. Getting those one-on-one situations, he's winning the battles, not committing penalties, and turning the ball over to give the offense opportunities to score. So he's doing everything in his power to help his team succeed, which you got to love in a defender. That's going to lead us to our first trivia question slash break the podcast. What year was the Miami Dolphins perfect season? What year was the Miami Dolphins perfect season? The answer when we come back here on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. Before the break, I asked the question, what year was the Miami Dolphins perfect season? The correct answer was 1972. 
Moving on to the next portion of the podcast here, I'm going to go over my two key draft picks as well as my two key free agent signings by the Dolphins this season. The first one, uh, draft pick-wise, they only had four draft picks, I believe. I looked up their draft picks when I was doing my research for the podcast, and I only found four. So if I'm completely stupid and there was more than four draft picks, then I don't care, like, slap me or something. Because I swear I, like, double and triple checked. Maybe they only had four. Um, you know, maybe they just didn't. I'm just an idiot. Anyways, their first rounder, Jalen Waddle, number six overall, wide receiver, Alabama. Really like Jalen Waddle would probably have been my number one wide receiver if it wasn't for Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, um, coming from the same school too. Um, and another key player in this year's draft class, especially since two was also from Alabama. Now, I didn't dig too deep into this, and, you know, that's partly on me. Actually, it's fully on me. But I don't remember exactly if Jalen Waddle played with Tua Tagovailoa. If he did, this is a tremendous selection um, at the number six position. Even if he didn't, it's still a really good pick. Why? Um, because Jalen Waddle is coming from the same system, the same offense that Tua Tagovailoa learned and uh, developed through. And they can transition that semi over to you know Miami. Now, if he didn't play with him, like I mentioned, it's not the worst case scenario. I'm very certain he did. I could be stupid, which I, I am a lot of the time, but I think Jalen Waddle did. That connection early on, especially for a wide receiver, is definitely big in order to help the team be successful. I think one of the things that the Dolphins have lacked over the years is offense, and particularly in the running back and the wide receiver position. Yeah, you've had Devontae Parker for a while, who's really been a solid receiver, but other than that, I can't think of any wide receivers off the top of my head that really have been successful. So what do they do with their first-round selection after a pretty uh, disappointing year last year? Actually, I wouldn't say it was a pretty disappointing year, but still, a disappointing year. They go out and get a receiver like they need. They fill the position they need. They don't go draft a quarterback because they have one like certain teams have done or any other position that they don't need. They go out and get a guy like they want, especially from the same school as who they're trying to build their franchise around. So it was a great pick there. Tremendous player in Jalen Waddle. He's going to be a reliable option with Tua. Tua is going to look to him early on. He's going to look to him often. That might be a fantasy player that you want to pick up. Um, I would highly suggest that you pick him up um, at least some point in the year, especially when you see the production that he's going to be able to do. But nonetheless, a great choice there uh, by the Dolphins. And then their third rounder, Hunter Long, tied down out of Boston College. Boston College, another underrated school. Um, ACC division, not the greatest of divisions or conferences, I should say. Um, you know, we all know that. But still, Hunter Long, a great tight end. Good run blocking tight end, but even a better receiving tight end, which is important for the Dolphins. They're not going to blow teams away by running the football. We all know that. They're going to blow teams away if they do by passing the football. Going out and getting a, a tight end that's not only fast, but is a great route runner and catcher, definitely will help to attack a Viola, especially in certain situations such as third and shorts, goal line, a reliable option. Hunter Long can be the guy. Um, I didn't even have this guy. I think I had him as a fourth rounder just because of his talent aspect, but it's a good decision by the Dolphins to go out and get a guy that helps best fit their uh, their, their scheme. I don't know why I was going to say like scream or something like that. I don't really know why I was thinking that. But Hunter Long, a great receiver, or tight end, I should say, that Tua can look to, again, adding to the collection now. And now he's got some options alongside Will Fuller, who they just picked up from free agency, entering his sixth NFL season from the Houston Texans. Now with Will Fuller, he is suspended for week one. I believe it was PED use, PED use um, last year with the Texans where he missed the end of the season. 
but before that, Will Fuller last year had 53 receptions, 879 yards, and 8 touchdowns, which I believe were career highs in every single category, with a 16.6 average yards per catch, so a really good downfield pass catcher um, in Will Fuller. He did come from a pass-catching offense or passing offense in the Houston Texans um, and is going to a passing offense in the Miami Dolphins, so great fit there. Again, another receiver that Tua has got to throw to. This dramatically actually improves the Dolphins' offense from all their draft picks, their selections, their free agencies to help Tua give more options. The one position I think that they're still lacking in and will continue to lack in for a while until they really fix it is running back. Yeah, you got players like uh, Miles Gaskin who can fill in the role, but you don't really have any superstar running backs. Offense is definitely lacking, but getting a guy like Will Fuller that you can use in week two will definitely help the team moving forward. And then finally, Shaquem Griffin, uh, you know, linebacker, uh, played previously with the Seattle Seahawks from 2018 to 2020. This guy is a great linebacker, had been a great linebacker for that great defense there, um, you know, from the University of Central Florida, uh, brothers with Shaquille Griffin, who's also in the NFL. Shaquem, honestly, you know, not necessarily one of the linebackers that's going to blow you away with stats, um, but really a linebacker that knows what he's doing, going to make the tackles when need be, um, going to get into the backfield and sack the quarterback if need be. He's going to pretty much do it all just kind of in a secret and undertone way. Really the big thing with Shaquem Griffin here is it's just helping their defense become a little bit better compared to last year. Is he going to jump off the page and be one of the best linebackers in the league? No, absolutely not in my opinion. But he's going to do enough and do his job to be successful and help that Dolphins defense succeed in every way possible. That's going to lead us to our second and final trivia question slash break the podcast. The question is, which team did the Miami Dolphins beat to claim their first Super Bowl victory? What team did the Miami Dolphins beat to claim their first Super Bowl victory? The answer, when we come back, only here on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. Before the break, I asked the question, which team did the Miami Dolphins beat to claim their first Super Bowl victory? The correct answer was the Redskins. They won 14-7 in Super Bowl seven. If you guys missed the previous show, I don't remember which team it was exactly. I asked another Super Bowl question, and I forgot what the Roman numerals were. I'm so bad with Roman numerals, so V11. I believe that's seven. If it is, Super Bowl seven, they beat the Redskins, now known as the Washington football team, 14-7. to Leading us into the final portion of the podcast here, I'm going to go over my three keys to success as well as my predictions for the upcoming year. The first key to success I have is Tua needs to step up from last year. Now, you know, I mentioned previously how Tua actually had a decent season compared to what a lot of people were saying about him, especially for it being his first season and his rookie season. But he's definitely got to step up at least in a little bit as their offense is really based on Tua and how he performs. Their defense is there. Their defense is going to help them win a lot of games, which is another key to success I'm kind of driving into. Um, Their defense is going to win them a Super Bowl. It's kind of the same situation with the Giants when they won the two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. Yes, the Giants had a good offense and they had Eli Manning, but their defense really carried them most of the way. You can also make the same argument with the Patriots um, in a couple of Tom Brady's Super Bowls that the Patriots defense helped them win a lot of games. That's not to say that Tua or Tom Brady or Eli Manning didn't deserve to win a Super Bowl or don't deserve to win a Super Bowl and have a lot of credit for them. They are the quarterback in the main, probably main role in football, especially on the offensive side of things. But Tua still got to step up from last year to not focus too much attention on the defense because in this day and age, you know, a lot of NFL teams are going to score a lot of points, especially if the teams are hot. And uh, that's one of the things that, you know, teams are worried about is defense because offense, they know a lot of times they're fine. There's a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the things. 
This year with the Dolphins, there is more options and more weapons to throw to. And that's another a reason why Tua needs to step up. Now he can't use the excuses that he doesn't have anyone to throw to. You add Jalen Waddle from the draft, Hunter Long from the draft, Will Fuller from free agency to add to that wide receiver core. You have options to throw to. That doesn't mean you throw to them every time or you throw to somebody that you know not really many people know about because they're still in the NFL, but you got more options to throw to. Also take advantage of using your legs. Legs are a big thing, especially with quarterbacks now. Getting the extra yards, diving for first downs, keeping drives alive. That's very important how this NFL game has really transitioned and trained uh, over, turned over, I should say. So just Tua needs to step up a little bit to help that offense run smoothly and be successful. The wide receivers and running backs need work. It's the mainly the, uh, the uh, running back core. The Dolphins really don't have a running game. Um, from what I saw last year. Now, this year, I think they're going to incorporate more of a running game and not necessarily an under center running game, more of an option running game, a read option game, maybe even a speed option, something to get Tua involved as well. You know, I think they'll try to go more shotgun runs if they run the ball. They do have options to run the football. Miles Gaskin, I think, is probably their lead back um, or one of their main backs. I think I'm drawing on a blanket on the other running back. I can't think of for some reason right now. But nonetheless, they need to establish the running game, especially if the passing game is not working because their passing game can't get them through games. But at the same time, a team, a team can't game plan well, and then they really don't have anything going for them if they don't have a running game or a passing game. So if they can find a way to manage that and get through that, I really don't see the Dolphins having that much of an issue um, with their offense and honestly winning football games. But there are, the running backs definitely need work and the running game needs to be more established. Take some of the pressure off Tua and don't give him all the work necessary. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of 32 Teams in 32 Days, episode number 23. If you guys missed the previous 22, like I mentioned, I went over the divisions. The only division that I haven't talked about is the NFC and AFC West, which I'll talk about after the Patriots ending things in the East tomorrow. If you guys enjoyed the series, please let me know. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please let me know. Make sure you follow the truth at the truth as one uh, to get the latest information regarding the truth, um, podcast uploads, podcast dates, other podcast information you don't want to miss. Any potential giveaways or anything that is an importance, you might want to definitely check out. We have the Patriots tomorrow, and then in a couple days, we'll finish, or actually like eight days, a week, I should say, we'll finish 32 teams in 32 days. Um, and there should be, ladies and gentlemen, I did get confirmation yesterday that Ben will be back for our final fantasy football preview. You heard it now. You heard it on the truth. Ben will be back. For the fantasy football preview at the moment we all know ben ben sometimes just does not show up but at the moment ben will be joining us on august 27th or 28th or 29th I really narrow down the dates of when that podcast will be out but ben will be back i hope you guys are excited thank you guys so much for listening to another episode appreciate all the support over the past couple of weeks comment your questions or concerns um or you know hit me up with details um, or podcast suggestions. I listen to all the feedback and uh, really appreciate you guys' time. And uh, hopefully you guys have a great rest of your day. As always, it's your host, Niall, signing out. Peace. Take care. Later. Mm -hmm.